Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message continues the series, Jesus' Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Okay, we're looking in the Gospel of Luke again this morning. We're going to be in chapter 9. We're going to skip down. I had, uh, last spring, did a sermon on the feeding of the 5,000 and Peter's great confession that he had gave. So we're skipping down here in Luke chapter 9, down to the transfiguration. So I'm going to verse 28, Luke 28. Now it came to pass, about eight days after these things, that he took Peter, John, and James, and went up to a mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. His robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened, as they were parting from him, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. Hear him. And when the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days anything that they had seen. And let's have prayer. Lord, I just ask that you would continue to grant us wisdom and understanding. May you help each one of us to sense your presence. May your Holy Spirit just have a freedom to speak to our hearts and move in our lives. Lord, help us. Help us to become better Christians. Help us, Lord those that don't know you, to be able to enter into that relationship. I just pray your blessings upon each one, and I ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Chuck Swindoll told about a fella. He said he had a birthmark. He said he started on his forehead, went down through his nose, covered part of his mouth all the way down to his neck. He said this fella is just such a, a wonderful individual. He said because, he said most people, if you had something that distinctive, it would bother you. It would make you feel inferior. Maybe you wouldn't feel like that you should get up in front of people or you just have a lack maybe of self-confidence. He said, not this guy. He said, now I have spoken. He said, I've called on. He said, uh, NBA players to pray. He said, one of them one time after I called on him, he was broke out in a sweat. And after the service, he said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> he said, I can't handle it. And he said, so this fellow though, he was so confident. It was just amazing how that he talked to people and the, the assurance that he had. And so he said, one day I just thought, you know, I'm just going to ask him about that. He said, so as politely as I could, I asked him about his birthmark and how that he was able to just to speak with people, no problem, not even thinking about that. And he said, you know, it's my dad. He said, my dad told me when I was born, he said, an angel kissed you before we got you. He said, and then my dad said, you know, I think they left that mark for me. Just so that I could just be reminded how special and precious you are and what a privilege it is for me to be your dad. He said, because you're such a special young man. You're going to do so many great things. 
And he said, my dad just kept talking like that. He said, in fact, I just felt sorry for people who didn't have a birthmark. <laughs> Isn't it great how that God sometimes just gives us things to remind us that he loves and cares for us? Here, the disciples are getting ready to face some difficulties. Some storms are coming up. They had literally been in some storms on a boat with Jesus. Remember when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, you know, let me do it. He did for a little bit until he started noticing the storms. Tony Evans said it, had a devotion about that. He said this, listen to this. He said, never focus. Never focus on the storm. The storm cannot save you. Always, always look at the one who holds the power over the storm. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus during the storm. You know, part of the reason of what's going on here is I believe that the Lord is helping them get their eyes upon Him. Because some days are coming and they weren't prepared. And so the Lord is helping them to be prepared. You know, I think the Lord does that with us even today. We may not have an incident like this, but we do have the Scriptures. And we do have things take place where the Lord just lets us know I'm there, and we need to focus upon Him. Now, Jesus here has taken three of the disciples, Peter, James, and John. They go up to a mountain to pray. Now, one of the things you'll notice, Peter, James, and John fell into a deep sleep. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we feel like maybe the Lord's given us a task that we're not too excited about. I'm sure that these three were excited. You know, we get to go on a mountain with Jesus. That's pretty good. That's pretty exciting. And Jesus said, oh, we're going up here to pray. Oh. And sometimes we don't feel like that prayer is that important. Prayer is extremely important. That's another thing that we get to learn from this. Prayer is really important. You want to be close to God. You want to sense a real closeness and be able to see who God is Prayer makes a huge difference. So they're up on the mountain. Jesus is praying. And so one of the neat things in this passage that happens is that Jesus' glory begins to shine through. Jesus, He's God. Remember when Moses had a chance to be with God? He was up on the mountain at Sinai. And when he came down, you remember his face shone so brightly that they had to put a veil over him because he had been with God. Jesus is God. And now it's coming from the inside out. And all of a sudden, his face was altered. And they're seeing Jesus in his glory. Now, that shouldn't surprise them. Jesus has kind of been revealing himself to them along the way. And the miracles that have been taking place are evidence of who Jesus is. These disciples even had recently, before, just weeks before they had been up on this mountain, had seen some marvelous things. You remember, it was Peter, James, and John that got to go with Jesus when Jairus, his daughter, had died. And they had got to go in and they saw how Jesus, with compassion, spoke to that family. And how that she had been raised from the dead. They were there when the crowds had come out to hear Jesus. 
5,000. And Jesus said, feed them. They're like, what? And they saw Jesus take just a couple of fishes, some bread, and feed that 5,000. Those miraculous things left them thinking, There's, this is God. Then, there was Peter's great confession. Jesus had asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And he had, they had named off all these things. He said, but who do you say I am? Remember, Peter said, you're the Christ. You're God. You're the very Son of God. They'd been get, they began to get it. But here's confirmation. Here, all of a sudden, Jesus, they see His glory on top of that mountain. It is just marvelous and amazing what had taken place to see and sense the presence of God. Now, some people say, oh, this didn't really happen. Listen, it's in Matthew's gospel. It's in Mark's gospel. It's in Luke's gospel. Peter, in 2 Peter, even refers to it. Listen to this. This is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty, eyewitnesses of Him and His glory. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from the excellent glory that said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard the voice which came from heaven. We were with him on that holy mountain. So in other words, Peter is making reference to this very time when this took place. This is something that actually happened. It's not a made-up story. This is truth. Jesus was seen in all of his glory. And then there was something else that was special that happened that day. They not only saw Jesus, but all of a sudden there were two witnesses. Now, you know, the, the law always said, if you're going to say something, you need two witnesses. Here's two witnesses. Moses and Elijah. This is pretty exciting. Moses and Elijah. They're no longer living. or no longer on the earth. What are they doing here? And how did they know it was Moses and Elijah? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says this. Speaking about the future, when we're in our perfect state, he said, then we shall know even as we are known. I don't know about you, but I think this is pretty exciting. Peter responds and says, hey, let's build some tabernacles for you and Elijah and Moses. See, Peter recognizes who they are. Had he ever met Elijah and Moses? He'd heard about them. He had studied about them. But how did he know it was them? Because in our future state, you're going to know. You worry about somebody that's gone on. Would they recognize me? I was just real small when they died. When I get to heaven, will I know them? You're going to know your grandfathers, your great-grandparents, your great-great-great-great-grandmother, you're going to know and be known. I find that's just, I just find it comforting and helpful. 
And so here, these two witnesses. Now, why Moses and Elijah? Well, there were some special things that happened to them. When they left this world, there were some unusual departures. For example, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 34 says that Moses, God took him up on a mountain. There Moses died, and God buried him. Moses, nobody else could find his body. You see, the problem is sometimes as people, we want to worship things we shouldn't worship, even people we shouldn't worship. And so his body was never found. Interesting. Elijah, the Bible tells us in 2 Kings, in the second chapter, that Elijah never did face death. That he was taken up in a whirlwind. So these two fellows had unusual deaths. Many people believe that in the book of Revelation, there's two witnesses that's going to take place, and they think it's Elijah and Moses. Possibly could be. We don't know that for sure, but two people that had unusual deaths. There's also, these are two people that had mountaintop experiences. I've already mentioned Moses had went up to the mountain and received the Ten Commandments, received the commands of God, and had come back down and was able to present those to the people. Elijah on Mount Carmel, people had turned away from God. Remember Ahab and Queen Jezebel? They had people worshiping false gods. And so Elijah said, you know what we're going to do? It is time for people to decide if they're going to follow God truly and begin to follow His commands and truly worship Him or if you're going to just go with the ways of this world and follow and be immoral and do everything that you shouldn't be doing. And so they had a big contest on Mount Carmel and the fire of God fell and God revealed Himself. And so it was just obvious. These two men, Moses and Elijah were close to God. I mean, Elijah just prayed. By the way, Elijah had prayed. It wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. That day on Mount Carmel, he prayed. Lightning struck. Fire from heaven fell. And then Elijah prayed, and it rained after three and a half years. These guys were in contact with God. And it was obvious. Mountaintop experiences. And then these two guys also are representative of the law and the prophets. It was from Moses that we got the first five books of the Bible, from Genesis to Deuteronomy. And then Elijah was the first of the prophets and representative of, of the, all the prophets. And so these two guys help us to understand, listen, you know what Scripture is about? It's about Jesus Christ. And all of Scripture points to Jesus, and it's about Jesus. And so why these two witnesses? Because of that. So what was taking place that day? It was easy for Peter. As he looked at this, he knew this was something special. He said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. We ought to build some tabernacles so we can remember this. One for you and one for them. No, that didn't need to be done. Let me tell you something. It's, this is about Jesus, not about Elijah, not about Moses, as great as they are. It's about Jesus. This is about focusing on Him. What was taking place here? 
reason that Moses and Elijah is there is just to kind of remind us all of Scripture centered around Christ. What a wonderful time to be alive for these men. You know why? They're getting to see Scripture actually fulfilled. You know that Jesus fulfilled over 300 Scriptures, prophecies in the Old Testament. There's still more to come. More Scriptures. There in Genesis, the very first prophecy in the garden, the curse that was put on. And, 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 and how in Genesis 3.15, He said, you know what? I'm going to put enmity, He said to the serpent, between your seed and the woman's, the virgin birth. In Deuteronomy, in the last chapter, Moses says, you know, God's going to send someone like me. And a reference to Jesus Christ. The sacrifices that had to be made just to remind us about sin and how serious sin is and how that blood had to be shed. And ultimately, they would need to be one that could take care of this forever. And it would be Christ. The prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, Zechariah, Malachi, they all speak of Christ. All of them. All of them give prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And so, these guys, by seeing Elijah and Moses, you begin to realize Scripture's all about Jesus. It's all about what's happening now. Then, we're also told here that they began to talk with Jesus about His departure. About His, here it says, uh, being deceased. It's a word, that word actually means this, exodus. You know what they're talking about? His death. His passion, His death upon the cross. They're talking about how Jesus is going to die. You see, all of history comes down to Christ. And history is about Jesus being able to ultimately pay the sin debt of humanity. And so Jesus died upon the cross for us. So eternity rests upon this. So here we are in history. And we're at the most pivotal point in all of history when Jesus Christ has come upon this world and now eternity is at stake. Whether a person is going to get to go to heaven all depends upon Jesus Christ. The Son of God is on a mission. A mission given to Him by God to pay this price. And these fellas are being able to see all of this come to a central point. A moment in history. Let me tell you something. History is all about Jesus. It was from the beginning. It was during the disciples' time. And it is still today. It's all about Christ. Whether you're truly living or not, it's all about whether you know Jesus. Then something happens. Peter begins to speak because sometimes, you know, you just feel like, this is so great, I've got to say something. And you stick your foot in your mouth. Sometimes you just don't need to say anything. Then there's a cloud that comes and envelops them. And then they hear a voice. Now, if it was today, you might have thought, Somebody's put speakers here doing something strange. They didn't have speakers, and that's not what was happening. 
they heard the voice of God. And here's what God says. God speaks and He says, this is my son. This is my beloved son. Jesus is the very son of God. It reminds me of Philippians 2. You know in Philippians 2, it tells us that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. I know in some versions it talks about robbery. It's a tricky word to be able to translate, but here's it, it, really the ideal of it is Jesus was God and He was willing to leave heaven. And Jesus was willing to walk upon this earth and become a human being. Talk about love. That's love. Here they're saying, you know what? You're in the very presence of God. The very Son of God who's left heaven on mission and you're, He's here with you. Incredible. Listen, what He's saying here is, this is my beloved Son. This is the chosen of God. This sin debt that we owe, for it to be paid, God couldn't send angels. You know why He didn't send an angel? Because an angel couldn't do it. He had to be able to live a perfect life, to have a sacrifice. He didn't send Moses or Elijah. He didn't say, we're going to look at the very best people that ever lived, and I'm going to send them back. No, because they couldn't do it. You know, when they integrated baseball, they said, it's going to have to be a special person. They picked Jackie Robinson. Because not everybody could be able to withhold their tongue and take the abuse that he did. But what we need here is something that no person could accomplish. God chose His Son because He's the only one that could accomplish it. The only one that could do it. He said, this is my beloved Son. Now let me ask you something. If God sent His beloved Son whom He loves as the chosen to be able to take our place, what's that say about you and me? Does God care about you? Does God love you? You know He does. God so loved the world that He gave. He so loved you that He gave His very best. The only one that could fulfill this mission. The only one that could complete it. And so then Jesus, God says to him, This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Hear Him. You see, Jesus had been talking to them about the cross. And the disciples didn't want to hear it. Oh, they loved the miracles. They loved all the healings, the things that He, were, he was doing. They just loved blessing people. But they didn't want to hear the cross. They didn't want to hear about sin. They didn't want to hear about death. They didn't want to hear about the need for repentance. I didn't want to hear that. That should sound familiar to us today because nobody wants to hear it. We don't want to hear that we've done wrong. I don't want to hear that I'm the sinner. You better hear it. It's serious. Jesus came to this earth on mission and died upon a cross because it's that serious. It's so serious we need to listen. He said, I want you to hear me. God is still today. He's speaking today. His Spirit's present. You may not hear His voice, literally, 
but you can sense His presence on the inside. And Jesus is being able even to say today, sin is serious. And the sin that you've committed is serious. That sin needs forgiveness. Jesus died upon the cross. He shed His blood to pay the penalty of that sin. But listen, to be able to truly be forgiven, you've got to come clean. You've got to say, this is sin. Lord, I need to be forgiven. I need to be able to change. Some people don't understand it. Why would God love me that much? But He does. I've got people today that will tell me, I don't understand why the church does what it does. I've got people that also tell me, they say, you know what, the church should be doing this, this, and this. <laughs> but I can tell you, the church gives. Gives. 10% of all your money goes at least. Whatever's given in the offering plate, over 10% of it will go to missions somewhere to support missionaries. If I told you just some different things, different ministries and things that's being done, incredible. Should there be more? Maybe. But why do you do it? Why do you help people that you don't even know? You know why? Because Jesus has forgiven me. He's forgiven you. He's saved us and changed us. We've experienced His grace and it's made a difference. And today, can you sense His glory? This is about who Jesus is. The disciples needed to know. And the disciples, when the crucifixion would take place, their world would be shaken. But because of this event, because of other events, because the resurrection, they would say, you know what? He really is God. This really is an amazing thing. And they would turn the world upside down. And today, this is a message that still turns the world upside down. Now, you may be sitting here today in your own world. And your world needs to be turned upside down. Today, you can receive forgiveness. Today, you can have a relationship with Christ. Today, as a Christian, you can get back in good standing with God. All because of Jesus Christ. Let's take a moment. Let's have prayer together. Lord, thank you so much for just letting us come be able to study your word. Lord, here's a passage for some. It may seem insignificant, but the reality is it's very significant. The reality is Jesus revealed who he was. The reality is that we see that the Bible all points to Christ. The reality is Lord, we know we hear your voice. And even today, we hear you speaking, drawing us to you, drawing us to Christ. He's the answer. He's the one that we need to seek. I just pray that right now your will could be done. Lord, there may be somebody here that they haven't even heard a word that I've said, but you're dealing with them. And you're speaking to them. And even now, they know they need to be able to come. Lord, there's people in all different types of situations and circumstances. And Lord, some just need to step out in faith today and respond. I pray your blessings on this time, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.